night, girl. So <laughs> I don't know that why was, I just did that. That was, that was aggressive. She, she like randomly covered her mouth. She was like, whoa, that was not as cute as I thought did, it was going to be. I thought it was going to be cuter than that. Guess what? Chicken butt. Last time we recorded, I was like chronically bitching about the weather being so hot. Like really bad. I was complaining. Today is like the most perfect day ever. It is the most fall-y day ever today. Mm-hmm. This morning it was beautiful. I'm painting my house. And so we worked outside. I've been working. It's Labor Day weekend. So I've been um, all weekend, Friday afternoon, all day Saturday. Saturday was literally 1,940 degrees. Um, Yesterday, like the whole weekend, like, um, well, I guess that was Sunday. But anyway, so (laughs) whatever. All my days have ran together. But like literally up at five o'clock in the morning, I don't stop until like 11 o'clock at night because I'm trying to get it done because it feels like, it feels like snow's about to fly and I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. I love it I... so much. But it's been super, super, super hot. Saturday, like, you know, some people spring clean. I, right before winter clean. I do both. And I mean, like, you know, like the deep clean, like yeah. your curtains, your yeah. everything. And I feel like it's probably because like, you feel like you're about to be trapped in your house. Yeah. And so I hella cleaned my house this weekend. Yeah. And then I walked up and down my stairs so many times that like my thighs and ass are so sore. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. But today, so it's been hot, hot, hot all weekend long. And so we've been outside building flower beds, rototilling the yard, mowing down stuff, like just really like preparing for like actual winter, winter right? And then today I was like, we got up super early, built a couple flower beds, started, you know, like just doing stuff, working outside. And then it starts downpouring rain, which pissed me off for a half second. But the garden has given us a plethora of zucchini Mm -hmm. and it's about to go bad. And I love to bake. I just don't ever take the time to do that. I don't. Right. Cause like, I just, I don't know, whatever, can't sit still, whatever. And today, like, my house hunt smells so good. good. I'm making tons of zucchini bread and cookies. I was such a brat. It's She's raining. like, I'm making cookies for everybody. Da, da, da. And I was like, I doubt I'm going to get any cookies. I doubt I'm going to get any zucchini bread. She's like, you have zucchini bread and cookies. I was like, I doubt it. She's playing. <laughs> I better get some zucchini so bread. She wants, so she gets more than everybody. Yeah. If I throw a fit, I get more stuff. Yeah. And there's stuff for my freezer. Yeah, which is the best thing to do, which is what we do. We make tons and tons of zucchini bread, and we make them in the small loaves, and then wrap them with plastic wrap, and then wrap them in um, aluminum foil, and it'll keep in the freezer for three months. And so I just make like a whole bunch of it, and then I'll give it to Take people. Take it out the night before you go to work and stuff, or school in the morning. And Yeah, and they're small loaves, so you can just take it with you, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, so good, so Smaller delicious. butter. Yeah, and I love homemade cookies, but it's such a pain in the ass to make. But if you just have a day to do it, like today where it's rainy and you can't go outside and, you know, whatever, and the kids are all tired of me yelling at them, (laughs) 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 then you just bake all day and then just freeze it all and then you have it, you know. The next few months. Yeah. Now, I have to take my, my cookies that I freeze and I have to put it in a deep freeze out in the garage on account of because... My son will eat all of them. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Gotta hide them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. 
nice rainy day. But my, yeah, and so I've got candles going and incense burning and my house smells like zucchini bread and cookies. And, and pumpkin. Yeah, and my. Yeah, some pumpkin candles going. And my kids are, yeah, everybody's great. Everything's good. <laughs> I um, keep saying that it's like a bad 70s sitcom over here today. Really? <laughs> yeah, you have said that a lot. I don't know what you mean by that, but... You ever, like, watch, like, that 70s show or something? And, like, it's just, like, a sitcom over here. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of energy. <laughs> there's a lot of energy going on. There's they, a lot of energy. They've been outside all weekend, and now we're inside, and there's a lot of energy going on. Right, and everybody's... Yeah, well, and then Sam hasn't been here, and so then when Sam comes, we're like, oh, and this, and oh, and that, and da 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 And she's like, whoa, easy, <laughs> I just easy. gotta work. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, but anyway... So chaos. That's that. She thrives off of chaos. I do. I love it. I love it. But everybody's happy. It's yeah. not. It's, it's not, not bad, bad chaos. chaos. It's good chaos. It's, and there is such a thing, right? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Around here, at least. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else could relate to that, but around here, yeah, there's good chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it's everybody just kind of laughing and being whatever a lot all at the same time. It's great. It's fun. <laughs> really. So anyway, so today is the Sam episode. Sam episode. Woo woo. Okay. Are you I'm, ready for it? I am. I'm Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is the suspended sentence. Whoa, everything just exited my brain. Did you just see that? I it was did. Like, you went completely blank. I was like, whoa. I had something I was gonna say and I don't remember. Anyway, awesome. guess so that wasn't important. Okay. Or a lie. Seriously. <laughs> woo. I need some of your guys' energy. I'm gonna go in there and like bite a kid or something and see if I can like yeah, like vampire like it vampire into it into me or something. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> Do we have any update? I was gonna. Oh, that's what I was gonna ask. Have you talked to Aunt Christine? Is there any new updates? Um, she called me last night. She heard the last episode. Was she mad at you? Um, this is how it went. So when my sister calls, there's very very few people that every time they call me, no matter what I'm doing, I will answer the phone. My children, my sister. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the middle of something that was very, very important. Christine's name comes across my phone. Obviously, I answer and I'm like, hey, babe, or hey, beautiful, I think is what I say or something. And she's like, heard your episode. I'm like, oh, you did? I'm like, I'm, you know, and I told her what I was doing. I'm like, can I call you right back? And she's like, yeah. And she goes, I actually just wanted to call you and tell you one thing. And I'm like, oh, shit. And she said, I love you and you're my best friend. I said, well, that's two things, but I love you too. And are you okay? (laughs) You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I just, I was thinking about you. I haven't talked to you for a couple days and I just want you to know that I love you. And I was like, I love you too. I'll call you tomorrow. Okay. So she wasn't mad. So she wasn't mad. Why would she be mad? We said she was going to drive here and beat your ass. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. I'm telling you. I'm disappointed you, in that reaction if you're listening to this episode. She's chill these days. She's chill. I don't know what's that's happening. That's so funny. Okay. Know. That's what I was going to ask. I just completely exited my brain when no, we I think No, I think she has she has appointments like on Wednesdays, I think. so. Okay. So later in the week episodes, updates. Yeah. All right. So I think it's a, I think it's a Thursday episode thing. Okay. But yeah, but I don't think. Well, and it was Labor Day weekend, so. Every time I think of Labor Day, I think of the Tim McGraw song. It was Labor Day weekend. She was, I was 17. 17. Bought a Coke and some gasoline. gasoline. Yep. (laughs) 
All right. We've we're going to get more songs stuck in people's heads. I, <laughs> I'm glad everybody liked that episode, though. I wasn't sure if people were oh, going to like yeah. that or not. Oh, yeah. We got some really great responses on that. So I'm yeah. glad everybody got a little chuckle out of that. It seems like everybody was kind of grouchy like you last week. So it was good that yeah. we did a fun one. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. So I'm glad everyone enjoyed that. All right. So let's get into this here before I lose all of my brain cells again. Perfect. So, born as a twin on December 11th, 1962, Larry Hall had a tu- had it tough from the get-go. Do you know who Larry Hall is? No. Ooh, okay. So, he had to be rushed into treatment immediately after being born um, because he was blue due to lack of ac- oxygen. Oh. And I'm not going to pronounce it right, but he, like I said, he was a twin, and his twin was getting more of the nutrients. Mm-hmm. So, pretty much was, like, feeding off of. Yeah. So he was like really small and his brother was like more developed. Sure. I didn't know that was like a real thing. Oh, that yeah. Like twins could like. Oh, yeah. Practically eat the other twin. That's kind of freaky. I don't well, like not eat them. Pretty much though. No. Sucking all the nutrients dry. <laughs> it's kind of freaky. Um, so it was actually has been has been suspected that he this would affect his overall growth from being so small and lack of oxygen as a when he was first born. Overall growth, especially um, aesthetic, is also going to contribute to later in life him being antisocial. Oh, which is interesting. I was going to ask you about that. He also had a low IQ of eighty five. Okay, and they said antisocial, like they mean. They mean like actually like diagnosed antisocial? Yeah. Okay, so and we've learned from me before, right? What does antisocial mean? Criminal thinking, criminal tendencies. It doesn't mean not wanting to go out and be around people. Right. That's social anxiety. No, I'm antisocial. No. You're not. <laughs> we have this discussion the every clinical time. Di- the clinical definition of antisocial is a criminal thinking, criminal tendencies. Mm-hmm. But... Do you think that, like, factors from the womb to, like, low oxygen, like, things like that can affect things like that when you're... The antisocial thinking? Yeah. Okay, here's my disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a (laughs) psychologist. I do not. I'm not diagnosing anybody. This is my experiences. This is what I think. I think that more frequently what I see anyway is there is a greater correlation between low IQ and antisocial behaviors on account of because people with lower IQs cannot see the consequences of their actions, mm-hmm. the forward thought like that, the way that people with more developed brains or, or higher cognitive ability, the way that they can. Okay. So I think that the lower IQ is, which I mean, is a, is probably a direct result of his brain brain being deprived of oxygen during that brain time. Cells. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the rep, the direct answer would be yes, but I think that it's, I think that the criminality is probably more about the lower IQ than it is about. And I, this is probably a stupid question, but I've never done like an IQ test or anything. And I know you have, what is like an average IQ? Well, normal is around the 90 range. So it's not like he was like significantly. What was it? 85. Yeah. I mean, that's below average. But that's not like ridiculously below average. Um, yeah, but below average is like below average. Okay. I mean, it's, I mean, 80s and that's not, I mean, that's, that's a problem. Okay. So 90 to 
Okay, so if you think like 80 is below average, like 120 would be extremely intelligent. Oh, okay, so it's a pretty small sliding scale. Yeah, so I mean like you think, oh, it's only 10 points, but 10 points is like 10 years. Okay. I mean not, but you know what I mean? Right. So I mean like, um, yeah, I think it's like, and I don't know, like off the top of my head, it's like somewhere around the 90, 90, 93, 95 to, I don't know. You should have asked me that before. So I would, don't sound stupid. Sorry. I like to keep um, your toes. But 80 is, 80 is a problem. 85. Yeah. Or 85. I mean, it's not a huge problem. He's not, but I mean, it's a cognitive disability. Okay. And I wasn't sure on that. I've never taken like a. IQ test. I don't know. I mean, he can function. He can, I mean, he doesn't need like round the, round the clock care or anything like that, but, but it's still, I mean, a delay. it's definitely, it's definitely going to affect his ability to, I mean, forward thought consequences to actions, if that's the question. Okay. Sweet. Thank you for answering that. <laughs> so you've never had your IQ tested. Uh-uh. Oh, interesting. You know, I don't know why I just said that because I think I didn't get my IQ tested until I got my psyche bell done. I was gonna say I don't know many people that have. Yeah. Other than like you. Huh. So. Yeah. Maybe I'll take one. Can you just take a free test online? No. Oh. They're not. They those don't work. You can, but they don't work. Oh. Because I went and had mine professionally done, and then I wanted to see how it how it works with the ones online and. The ones online said that I was way smarter than I actually am. <laughs> really? Well, maybe yeah. I want to take that one then. I mean, I have a high IQ, but I, I mean, I, but the ones online were like, you're a genius. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I want to take the ones online. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll give you guys an update on Thursday. So what I'm saying is, yeah. <laughs> so I'll give you an update when I'm like 145 you IQ. to your ego. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I'll get that done. <laughs> I'll come back with the results Thursday. So unlike his dominant identical brother, so they were identical in every sense other than his brother was healthier, healthy, had a great stronger, do, yeah. taller, like they're identical, but they didn't look anything alike. Right. Um, just from, from all that. <clears throat> As if that all wasn't enough, the, um, the fact that this fan, that he grew up in a cemetery in Wabash where he would begin digging graves at an early age to help his father. This seemed to affect his perspective of the world as well. Like from like six, seven years old was out digging graves with his dad. Hmm. The Hall family suffered financial difficulties, which increased when Robert, the father, lost his job as a grave digger and caused the family to leave their house that was allocated to them by the cemetery. And they had to move into a shack with just one bedroom. Hmm. He was fired from the Falls Cemetery when he started to put um, deceased in the wrong grave sites um, because he was drunk all the time. He was a horrible Oh, alcoholic. no. So they found this out and he was let go. Hall was often teased throughout school for being slower than other children. In addition to his frequent, frequent night terrors and various speech impediments, um, he also compulsively wet the bed. So he... Didn't have the best childhood. Yeah. It doesn't sound like, I mean, A, every day you're, like, helping dig graves with your dad. Then you're being made fun of at school. Um, so, I'll tell you what, though. Like, somebody who is very, very important to me, um, his father was um, a, he owned a morgue. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and at a like his whole life he would tell me stories about like driving you know like two or three states to go and pick up you know like a body and driving back with it like literally in a body bag like sitting next to him you know and playing in the you know like playing tag and hide and seek and like he grew up in a morgue Mm -hmm. right and he is very successful very intelligent very down to earth very just like you know I mean one of the coolest dudes that I've ever met yeah so I don't know that that's yeah you know, I think that they were robbing a little bit of graves too, though. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, again, like... I think I think that it's about environment, right? Like, yeah. but I mean, I don't think that because that's what his father did for a living that that would, you know, what I mean? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's. I see what you're saying, but at the same time, like if you're like down there, like digging the grave at seven years old, yeah, and pulling rings off of deceased people's fingers. At, eight that might kind of mess with you a little yeah bit. <laughs> and and if your iq is low and you're yeah possibly because i mean like i said like that you know i mean my friend i mean he remembers eating mcdonald's driving in the car with you know a a dead person uh, laying next to him you know and he's out. i mean he's i'm very successful yeah and very normal and very cool and not not screwed up at all well, <laughs> so at the, we're all screwed up a little bit. I was going to say, are we all a little bit? At the age of 15, Hall and his brother were both arrested for breaking windows of a downtown storefront. Hall was also suspected of committing um, additional acts of arson, burglary, and other petty crimes during his adolescence in Wabash. So a little bit of crime starting yeah. at 15. Mm-hmm. Things did seem to improve socially for Larry once he took up the hobby of Civil War and Revolutionary War reenactments. Oh. After graduating high school, um, though he seemed to kind of worsen, his behavior seemed to kind of worsen a little bit. After all, um, he really liked the Civil War and Revolutionary War reenactments, though, because he got to travel across the Midwest without any... You know, he got to travel. He got to go do his reenactments. He loved that. That was his, was his deal. I'll okay. show you a picture of him later. He's got, like, the, uh, what are those called? Big the, sideburns. Like, yeah, the big sideburns going on. Nice. Um, Like, even after, like. Really? We find out him getting arrested. Like, very distinctive mm-hmm. facial stuff going on. Gross. <laughs> so, but. The thing about traveling and giving him a reason to travel is this gave him a really good cover for some violent and sexual urges that he had without getting caught and being quick and in and out of places. Authorities thus... Just um, being the podcast that we are, I was like... You're I knew for that. Yeah, I was like, coming. oh man, he's either like... <laughs> So, authorities believe he may have been responsible for the mysterious disappearances and possible murders of up to 40 young women. Oh, my God. Um, from at least a dozen states between 1980 and 1994. Ugh. So, according to records, Larry um, gets pulled into, questioned by police after a, a, a young girl named Jessica went missing. And when the police put a picture of her on the counter, 
he apparently immediately, like, flinched. But then during questioning, he was claimed he had never seen her. Hmm. But he had, like, a very distinct, like, physical reaction to him them putting the photo of her on the table. And he's like, oh, I've never seen her before. Hmm. So they were like, that was a little weird. Uh, I wonder what kind of picture it was. Like, just a headshot like picture? Like a photo or, of her, oh, okay. yeah. He ultimately would confess to raping as well as strangling the teenage girl to death with belts before opening up about hurting several other women. Only to recount, to later recount these statements. Recount? Yeah, what did I say? Recount. Oh, yeah. Well, so he said that he did it and then said that he didn't do it? would be like, yeah, that's, I was just, that's not true. I never did that. Okay. So this would be a, become a very regular thing for him. He would go in just randomly and confess to crimes all the time. And be like, oh, that missing girl that you have? Yeah, I, I killed her. And then be like, I'm just, just joking. They'd be like, okay, well, here's a statement. Please sign a statement saying that you did that. And he's like, that never happened. I never said that. So then he got the reputation with small town police departments that he was just a serial confessor. <laughs> Which let's just say what a perfect freaking way to get away with something. Yeah. Go in and confess to the crime and then be like, oh. Just kidding. I have bad dreams sometimes. I just give you a hint. Do you know what I'm talking about yet? No. He would say that he was having dreams. He would have dreams about hurting women. Oh, God. (laughs) That was the reaction I was waiting for. I was waiting for it. And then he'd be like, no, that never happened. I just had a dream about hurting her. That's why I said that. Yeah. So they were like, he's just, he likes to confess to things. Which, have you ever heard of that? Is that a thing that people do? It is a thing. People just confess to stuff for shits and giggles? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's a it's an off brand. Again, I'm not a psychiatrist. <laughs> um, it's it's like an OCD thing. People who who ritualistically like confess to things um, that they either have done or have not done. Again, it's under the OCD category, um, and it's it they do it to relieve anxiety about something completely just completely like not related, non related. It actually is a disorder, and it actually is a thing. Really? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. But it's a it's an obsessive compulsive thing. It's a um, their anxiety is so high, and and they will, you know, like people with a with OCD. I mean, I don't know if you have any experience with this at all, mm-hmm. but like they physically have to like, for example, and I'll just use this as an example, like turn the light switch on and off three times, or they or or they can't function. They can't do anything else. And so when they get in their head, I need to confess. And I need to say that I did that regardless of whether they did or they didn't. If they don't do it and they don't follow through, they can't function. It is a, it, it is a real thing. That's wild. That's wild. It's super uncommon, but it's, it but is, it is a, a thing that can it happen. It is a thing. So they might not have been so far-fetched to say that maybe. No. Yeah. Interesting. Now, however, as it came to Jessica, though, after he recanted it, or did I say it right that time? Recanted. Okay, perfect. It was like looking at you waiting to make sure I said that word right. <laughs> You're okay. Um, after he took back his statement, 
They did get evidence recovered from his home and his van, which included notes reading things such as, quote, seen joggers and bikers, many alone, quote, um, cover all floors inside of the van, no body contact by condoms, with an, and this was enough for them to arrest him based on, like, his van being seen around where Jessica had disappeared. These weird notes in his car of him, like, how to get rid of evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were, but they were worried that they weren't going to get a conviction. Because it wasn't a whole lot yeah, to hold him on. super circumstantial. Right. So Larry's offense was tried by federal authorities um, owning, the, owning to the cross-border aspect. Mm-hmm. Because he had been traveling over state lines. Yeah. Which makes it a little bit easier to hold people i guess because they're worried about being flight risk yeah which is that something that's kind of interesting to me to like think about even though he's just traveling for reenactments by a court of law right he's not he's innocent until proven guilty right because he travels over state lines so often he's a flight risk so it's easier to hold him right so but think about that like if somebody was to commit a murder in wyoming and they were traveling and you didn't have concrete evidence that it was them, and then they just never came back to Wyoming, somewhere else isn't going to extradite him there right? and spend that money to do that. So, yeah, you would hold him. Yeah, it's true. And I guess judges are a little bit more lenient on holding for that purpose. Yeah, I mean, if somebody has, like, a job and family and, you know, had no reason to leave, then, you know, but, no, it's a huge... It's a huge thing to consider when setting bail and bond and all the rest of it. It's interesting. So they were using that cross-border aspect. And although it was just circumstantial explanations that were available, he was still found guilty of Jessica's abduction. That's because he revealed details only someone who would have had direct hand in the matter would have known in his first confession. Oh, gotcha. So they were like... No. So it didn't matter if he had claimed that they were dreams or not. Those were things that, based on the evidence of her, how her body was found, Mm -hmm. he would only be the one to know this. Gotcha. So, um. Unless he was a psychic. He might be. The fact officials had um, also recovered um, newspaper, newspaper clippings concerning both Jessica and another missing girl, Trisha Rettler's cases. As well as um, pornographic photos in his possessions didn't help his case. So he had naked photos of the bodies and newspaper clippings. Yeah. Kind of hard to go back on saying you shouldn't do that when that's in your van. Yeah. Again, a good defense attorney would have come up with a reason. Right. So... He was handed a li- handed a term of life without without parole, but Larry appealed his conviction in 1996. At which time the FBI asks Jimmy Keene, a promising young football star and son of a police officer who had fallen from grace after getting caught up in a drug bust in the 90s called Operation Snowblow, which he was sentenced to 10 years. They get a hold of Jimmy, and this is just so wild to me. Like, I know that stuff like this happens, but, like, this stuff is always so crazy to me. They approach Jimmy and are like, if you can go, he was in, like, a low-security prison, and 
Larry was in like a high security prison and they were like, if we can transfer you over there, you get a confession and figure out where the, any other bodies are, we'll let you out as soon as you get it. Oh, like, wow. Get rid of your entire, like, mm-hmm. no more jail time. Or you can sit here and serve your 10 years. And so he was like, hook me up. Hook me up. I'm going to go hang yeah. out with Larry. And so they did. They transferred him over there. He was able to get a ton of incriminating information out of Larry. He just became his buddy. He acted like a brother to him, befriended him. Sure. Whole nine yards. And I guess this Jimmy Keen guy is like super, super like charismatic. Like mm-hmm. a guy everybody likes. And he's a cop's kid. So yeah. <laughs> kind of think of a better person there. But he got tons of incriminating information from finding out that he that Larry was using starter starter fluid soaked rags to knock out his victims to a map where he had where Larry had put red dots above the states saying that that's where bodies were buried oh shit but when he found this out i guess jimmy like couldn't control like playing his buddy anymore and was like you're never going to get out of here. You're a disgusting, vile human being. Mm-hmm. And he got rid of the evidence. Because Jimmy got thrown in the hole because he had gotten in his face. And he couldn't get a hold of the war- warrant warden. And so he got thrown in the hole and couldn't get communication out to, like, FBI or the warden or anybody. And Larry had time to get rid of the map. Where was the map? He got rid of it. Like, it was there. He had made it while he was in prison. He had made it while he was in prison. Oh, no. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I think that's just so crazy. But he, like, in all those interviews, is like, I physically was so sick. Yeah. And he is, like, listening to him talk about his victims and how they would cry for their moms or they would do this. And he's like, and I couldn't anymore. And he lost it and screamed at him and got in his face and ended up in the hole. And he got rid of the evidence. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, you make a deal with somebody who has zero experience with this whatsoever and he's like yeah i'm gonna get out of prison for t- you know i'm not gonna have to do 10 years you know not preparing him or warning him of the shit that you're about to hear right and i mean this stuff is stuff that keeps you up and you know right and he's in there for i'm not trying to like demote it but a possible serial killer of young teens and a drug dealer Right. Like, uh, like a pretty low-grade drug dealer. Yeah. And obviously not even a good drug dealer. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like, not... So, but he did get enough information that the original verdict was upheld. Good. For Trisha and Jessica. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason, right, is because he was, he was, he got life in prison without the possibility of parole, so why am I talking about him? Because those are his only two convictions. Yeah. Today, Larry, at 59 years old, is incarcerated at an all-male federal correctional institution, Butler Medium, in North Carolina. Um, where, is he, where he is expected to remain the rest of his natural life. According to the movie, or the show Blackbird, I recommend Annie and everybody to go watch that show. Really? That's what I got, like, hooked on this. Like, and I'll tell a story at the end of this here. But fantastic show. It's called Blackbird. 
and it really more focuses on Jimmy and like his infiltrating this mind of this man, mm-hmm. which is just wild to interesting to watch. So, um, Larry did attempt suicide following his failed attempt appeal, um, but it was unsuccessful. He sensed that his appeal has confessed to several more killings, only to recant them later. Yeah, he's still doing that. The Federal Bureau of Investigation believes that Hall began killing as early as 1980. Over the subsequent... During the next decade, numerous (laughs) female corpses, some young and unidentified, were discovered and later attributed to Hall due to their bodies being strangled and sexually mutilated. Hall um, frequently frequented historical reenactment sites around the United States, like we said. Um, He was known to abduct his female his victims who were primarily if but if but not exclusively young white girls and young adult women and would often but not always rape and torture them and then he would strangle them to death he usually dismembered the bodies postmortem um and then would bury them in a grave mm-hmm. but i do want to take a minute to kind of talk about people that they really really think he's responsible for that are still marked as unsolved murders. Yeah. Um, June 28th of 1982, 19-year-old Naomi Lee Kinder left Buffalo, Wyoming with several friends en route to Rollins, Wyoming. They were staying at the Travel Lodge Hotel on until June 29th of 1982 when Naomi um, left to go hitchhiking to get back to Buffalo. This was the last time that she was seen alive. Naomi's nude remains were found in Natrona County, which is Casper, Wyoming. It's like the middle of the state, which is probably about, what, halfway between Rollins and Buffalo? Yeah. So about halfway. Um, She was found in um, September 10th of 1982 in what appeared to be a partially dug grave. She was not identified until March 10th of 1993. Oh, my God. And this was through dental records. Her cause of death was leg- um, a strangulation mar- strangulation, and Hall is considered a viable suspect because um, after his arrest, he was found in possession of documents bearing her name. Oh, my God. Wild. September 6th. And her, I did read an article. Um, her daughter still lives in Wyoming, and to this day is still like... She just wants answers. She was one when her mom died and clearly just wants answers on to what happened to her. Oh my gosh. Unsolved. September 6, 1986, the body of a young woman was found nude, strangled, and sexually mutilated a day after her death. In, in a- 1982, I lived in Casper, Wyoming. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Holy cow. Yeah, he did. Um, That's insane. Uh, yeah. And he could have just, old Larry could have just been driving through. Which oh. wouldn't be that strange because I-90 goes, like, through Wyoming. Like, that yeah. is not weird no. that he would have drove through Casper, Wyoming. It's not weird that he would have drove through Buffalo. It's not weird that he would have drove through Rollins. Those are, like, he would have gone that Yeah, way. it's weird that you would stop in Buffalo, though, because Buffalo is really, really small. And it's crazy that anybody could do anything in Buffalo without everybody knowing it. I know. 
Unless she was on the side of the interstate hitchhiking at that point. But, she had started but that's illegal around there. So if you were hitchhiking around the Buffalo area, I've also lived in Buffalo. But in the 80s? Absolutely. No, no, they no. Still, you can't do that. Was to do that in the 80s? I don't know. I was like four. <laughs> I was in first grade. In 86? Oh, 86. No, never mind. You would have been like 10. Yeah, I would have been 10. You would have been 10. You would have been like his perfect victim. So I don't know. I wasn't hitchhiking, but I mean, now anyways, like you can't hitchhike in Wyoming. You can't be homeless in Wyoming. You can't, you can't do any of that in yeah. Wyoming. Yeah. Not homeless, unhoused. Right. Oh, why are you being so self-aware? I love it. <laughs> September 6, 1986, body of a young woman is found nude, strangled, and sexually mutilated the day after her death in a cornfield near Summerfield, Illinois, by a farmer. The unidentified woman was referred to detectives as the Summerfield Jane Doe and was buried at Mount Hope Cemetery under a gravestone that said, Jane Doe, known only to God. In 2007, the identified um, woman's body was identified as 26-year-old Yulina Mila or Lolly Chavez after fingerprints from an arrest record matched. After confessing to Chavez's murder to a St. Louis television reporter via letter, Hall became a suspect. DNA evidence at the crime scene proved to be inconclusive against his DNA though. Hmm. But he said he he said he's responsible for her death. Inconclusive as in like there wasn't enough DNA to get a positive match or it was it was inconclusive it wasn't negative it wasn't negative it was just inconclusive okay Linda Lynn little Linda Wedley um was 10 oh my god when she disappeared on February 24th of 1987 she was dropped off by her by her school bus driver near her home on McLung Road in Lawport Indiana about 3:30 p.m. Her body was found three weeks later on March 17th along an abandoned railroad track nine miles away from where she was last seen on County Road 500 south of near south near Kingsbury, Indiana. She had been mutilated, manually strangled, and according to investigators, Hall was in the area at the same time. <clears throat> he hasn't confessed to that one. He was just, he's known to be there. It's all speculation. Right. There's no proof that he, I'm air quoting this, no proof that he did any of this. Hmm. Around 2 p.m. on June 4th, 1987, 16-year-old Wendy Louise Fendleton stayed home in Morin, Morin, Indiana, when her older sister drove their parents partway to, an, to the airport for a business trip that afternoon. When her sister returned home about 5 p.m., she found Felton gone, um... And all of her belongings were left behind in her room. Felton's home was less than 25 miles from Wabash, his hometown, Larry's hometown. Um, at the same time where Hall was still living there. This was located only a few miles away from a reenactment site that he often went and visited. Detectives have not ruled out Hall as a suspect in her disappearance. We still have never found her body. Oh my god. Just a couple more. 19-year-old Paulette Sue Webster was last seen walking home from a friend's house in Chester, Illinois at 11 p.m. on September 2nd, 1988. She has not been seen since. At first, authorities believe she left on her own accord, but foul play is now suspected in her case. In 2011, 
Hall sent a letter to author Christopher Martin, who is from Hall's hometown of Wabash, Indiana, and who wrote a book about Hall's crime is titled Urges, a Chronicle of Serial Killer Larry Hall, in which he claimed responsibility for Webster's murder. Hall claimed Paulette was taken from the main east from the main east and west roads through Chester near a mobile trailer no, mobile trailer park. Hall then said he took Paulette to a remote location where she was kept for sex and sexually abused um, for several hours. He then claimed he either threw her in the Mississippi or he buried her. Can't remember. Hall wrote, quote, if I did it, I would have put her in the river or if I would have put her in a nearby field. So. Jesus Christ. There's that. 19-year-old, um, this is one he, we, I've mentioned her, 19-year-old Trisha Rettler was last seen at 8 p.m. March 29th, 1993 at Indiana Wesleyan University in Marin, Indiana. Brettler was writing a term paper that evening and decided to take a break. She walked to the Marsh, Marsh Supermarket, which was approximately half a mile from the university's campus. She purchased a soda and a magazine and then left the store with the intent of returning to her dorm in Brown Hall. Authorities believe Rettler was abducted while returning back to the college. Between the store and the university, close to Side Boyd Pool and Center Elementary, Rightler's blood-stained pants, shirt, and shoes were found in a found in a field. Investigators found maps, um, photos, newspaper articles con concerning Rettler inside of um, Hall's vehicle, and a handwritten message that described Hall had been stalking women outside the grocery store where Trisha was last seen. Hall eventually withdrew that confession. Like I said, um, she was later found in a nearby reservoir. Um, deceased. Hall would end up le leading the detectives to the scene, saying that he had buried her there, but no evidence was located. No other evidence was located where he said to go. And then the very last one, we've spoke about her, but just to kind of tell you more of her story, Jessica. September 23rd, 1993, 15-year-old Jessica Lynn um, Roach was last seen at approximately 3.30 p.m. riding her bicycle near her home in Georgetown, Illinois. On November 8th of 1993, her body was discovered in a cornfield near Perrysville, Indiana, after a witness came forward saying they had seen a man driving a van around the cornfield. In early 1994, several other people called the police about an unidentified man driving a van and talking to young girls. The parents of one of those individuals who were approached by the person got the license plate and the vehicle was registered to Larry Hall, who was then brought in for questioning on 1994. This is when he did the whole, like, confess, take it back, confess, take it back thing. He then, um, after being arrested, was able to give a very accurate description of how, where, and when she was killed. Um, and he was found guilty of Jessica's murder in June of 1995. So there's a significantly longer list. Like I said, the FBI believes that he is responsible for over 40 murders between 1980 and 1994. What is the age gap in these girls? 10 to 19. Oh my God. Um, they say they are always still taking 
a lot of these women have not been found. Yeah. Um, but I did read an interview with Larry where he made a comment about how he grew up grave digging graves, and if he didn't want somebody to be found, they wouldn't be. Yeah. Um. So if anybody knows anything <laughs> or knew Larry in the 80s and thinks that he was just talking out of his ass, I don't know, maybe call the 1-800-222-TIPS number. It doesn't sound like he had, like, a good, like, friend base, though. So it kind of sounds like he was kind of a wanderer. Yeah, except maybe any of his reenactment buddies. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's... He liked to talk. <sighs> so the reason I'm counting him as a suspended sentence is even though, yes, I'm glad that he's behind bars. I'm glad that he's serving in life in jail. But if he is genuinely responsible for 40 other victims, those families don't have any justice. God, that makes me sick. That's and a the... rough case. Where is he at? He's in North Carolina. North Carolina. In a medium security prison. How old is he? 60. God damn. Not like 70, yeah. Late 60s, early 70s. Okay, so now here's where this is at. We were coming back from Hippie Fest, and I was just scrolling on TikTok, and I saw a clip from the show Blackbird. And it said, you know, in big letters, like, based on true events. And I was like, I always get curious about stuff like that. So I'm Googling. And I was like, read that, the very first one being from Buffalo. And I was like, what? Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. So then I, like, have been, like, researching on, like, that case out of Buffalo. And. Yeah, because, I mean, like. Murders and stuff like that don't happen very frequently in Wyoming. And so when they do, like, everybody knows about and it. And that I didn't know about that. <clears throat> I had never heard of her, like, her name before. Gosh. Her and daughter- you know, like, instantly what goes in my head is, okay, like, anybody who has little girls. Like, little girls being girls. Like, any girls. Like, college girls. Little girls. Kids in, in like take better care of your kids, like watch them, take them to school, do the, do the stuff. But, but I remember, I mean, we're talking about a time I lived in Casper, Wyoming at that time. And let me tell you what I did every, like when I say that I walked a quarter mile to the bus stop, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and in Casper, the wind blows a million miles an hour all the effing time. And in the winter time, like we had bad winters. I mean, it would take you, I mean, 20 30 minutes just to walk to the bus stop right but I we would leave Christine and I would leave our house at I don't know maybe 7 seven oh five every morning and you know there weren't cell phones there weren't anything and we would walk out the front door go and catch the bus our anybody that's from Casper you know went to NC got my things um <laughs> um Take the bus, you know, that would would go around the base of the mountain and then all the way downtown to the high school. You know, it's a 45-minute bus trip. Then do school all day and then take the bus home, 45 minutes, last stop, get off, 30 minutes home. 
you know, we didn't get home until four, you know, whatever. So, I mean, like if something happened to your kid back then, you wouldn't know for a while. You would not know for a very, very long time. Well, and that's like, but we walked everywhere. I mean, it wasn't like, so I didn't, I guess to see all of the old news or newspaper articles for like the Casper star, which is like their Casper's like local newspaper station. It's like a dollar a month. You have to like pay mm-hmm. to get the archive. So I paid for that because I saw that there was an article where Naomi's daughter did an interview like a few years back, just kind of talking about like growing up her entire life, not knowing what happened to her mom. Like yeah. her mom was going to go just work for a few weeks and come home, left her with her, with her parent, with her grandparents who yeah. ended up raising her in Buffalo. And, um, she said her grandma had to call down in Cheyenne, which is like, Cheyenne, I mean, is our capital. So, like, any DNA and anything like that goes through Cheyenne. Right. So, they're, like, everything gets sent to Cheyenne. Her grandma would have to call all the time and be, like, do we have any updates? Because they didn't identify her for, like, ten <laughs> everything, years. Everything would be sent to Cheyenne, which is our headquarters. But Cheyenne doesn't have the means to do it. So, Cheyenne would send it to somewhere else. Like, yeah. Probably Denver. Denver or Fort Collins. And then, yeah. So, she, like, because oh. they didn't identify... It as her mother for what almost 10 years God, that's and so brutal. they find this missing woman and she said that they knew that there was a missing a deceased missing woman and her mom would call every few weeks and be like any updates any updates any updates and then finally after 10 years gosh i can totally i can totally understand why jimmy would not be able to sit through that that guy that got sent in to talk uh-huh. to, yeah. to Larry. Oh, my God. That's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. So, to me, yes, he, again, I'm glad that he is behind bars. Do I think he should have gotten more charges? Yeah, I think he's probably responsible for at least, at least some of them. Maybe not all of them. What was the girl's name from Wyoming? Naomi Kinder. And, oh, he wasn't charged with that one. Nope. Hers oh. is marked as an as a cold case. Oh. She is to this day an like a Oh, man, because if, I mean, he would have he would have been convicted of that in Wyoming in the 80s. He would have got the death penalty. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing is, to me, it's, it is a suspended sentence because. He didn't get. He didn't get. I mean, he's got to be responsible for it. There's no way there was those two were just the very first ones he'd ever. No, absolutely not. And what I don't know why it's bothering me so bad, but that when he was like, well, I didn't do it. But if I would have, I would have thrown her in the river or I would have, you know, like talking about it like, well, you know, I don't know. But if it was me, this is what I would do kind of scenario. Just kind of like it's, you know, running to the dump. You know what I mean? Like just running an errand or something, talking about it so blasé means one of two things to me. Number one, he had so many victims that he can't remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, can't remember. Um, but for sure, he he gives absolutely no fucks about the lives that he's destroyed. Well, and Jimmy and his, because like I said, the map that he had drawn, that Larry had drawn, was had disappeared by the time he was out of the hole. Yeah. Um, but he said there was probably between 28 to 30 red dots on the map. So... God, that's awful. So, I mean, I mean, and these, like, these families are still holding out hope. I mean, 
Well, yeah. Like I, I said, just a couple, of, a couple years ago, a news article about, yeah. I mean, these people are still want answers. They're That's still their loved ones. So yeah. forever, forever. That's brutal. But that was an I, awful, that was an awful case. I can't stop thinking about him. Really? Yeah. I, well, watched, I, watched him a letter. Sh- I don't want to write him a letter. Why? I mean, he kind of freaks me out. I'd be like writing the toy box killer. It's a, it's a Wyoming case. I wish you could see her brow, the glare that she just gave me. <laughs> but, oh, I forgot to do this at the beginning. Let's uh, re-perk it up before we get off here. Yeah, because you just made me, like, really sad. I was yeah. like, I didn't say very much. I was like, man, that's, you know, one. there's rules. There's rules, and everybody has rules. There's there's rules in war. There's rules in crime, drug dealers. I every, There are rules, and kids are off limits, man. I know. Yeah, that one, Jessica, are, she's 15, just out riding her bike. They're off limits. And when people break those rules, I mean, that's why there's even the code in prison. Like, there's rules. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Seriously. Wait till I show you a picture of him. You're going to be grossed out. I'm not going to look at a picture of him. Well, if you would like to follow <laughs> us. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, Suspended Sentence Podcast. Yeah. If you would like to email us, the Suspended Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to buy Tracy's book, anywhere that you can buy books. Oh, hold on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here you go. Oh, she handed me a book. IDP, the 13 components to, to Criminal Thinking and Behavior by Tracy Ferris. Boop, boop. Okay. You got it right. You got it right. I have a copy of the book in my hand. I just handed it's, it to It sounds pretty. So you want yeah. a copy of this. What's in that it's, quality? It's a hardcover book. That's it's a hardcover. It's hardy. All right, guys. Thank you. Stay safe. Here. Bye.